Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the second reading from this weekend's readings, we have Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Now, arguably, this is probably the most powerful passage that Paul has ever written in any of his letters. Notice how it begins. I, Paul, might not become too elated because of the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, an angel of Satan to beat me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for in weakness power reaches perfection. And so it begs the question, what was Paul really suffering from? Now some scholars would believe it was his speech impediment, Paul stammered. Or other scholars would believe that from Paul's ministry that lasted 20 to 25 years, He spent half of that time in Roman prisons, which I'm sure was not easy at all for him. Now, at the very end of the passage, Paul describes some of his sufferings. He says, weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions. But he doesn't pinpoint exactly what he suffers from. So we can only speculate. So what can we take of this? Well, his suffering must be great if Paul actually addresses it. You know, St. Paul is just like Jesus. Everything he does is very intentional. So if he writes about it, he wants us to know exactly what he's undergoing and how he's dealing with it. Now, why is this? Well, remember, Paul's a tough guy. He's no daisy. He's a very strong guy. And yet he's telling us about what he's suffering from. I think what Paul is trying to do here, he's trying to teach us how to endure suffering. Better yet, how to persevere and overcome it. Now, many of us have endured suffering in our life. Either we have in the past, we are suffering right now, or we will in the future. Now, the suffering comes in many different forms for us. Maybe it's physical suffering. Maybe chronic migraine headaches. Maybe chronic diabetes. Chronic pain. Maybe it's a heart condition or difficulty breathing. Or maybe it's an emotional suffering. Maybe we suffer from fear, depression, anxiety. Or maybe it's a spiritual suffering. Whatever it is, no one is immune from it. Most of us have suffered at some point in time in our life. Even great people, people that are well known, have suffered. And in some cases, with relative anonymity. Take it a step further. I would argue, the greater the person the greater the suffering they endured. Regardless of their field of work, whether they were in politics or medicine, entertainment, sports. And yet, here's the lesson that Paul is trying to teach us. We can turn that suffering. As he says later on, he says, essentially, he boasts of his weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon him. When I am weak, 
then I am truly strong. Here Paul is getting at it. He turns his weakness into a strength. Through the grace that God has given him, now he becomes strong. Strong for others who suffer the same kind of problems that he's undergoing. And that's the greatest thing. That's what I think he's trying to teach us. To turn that. Turn the suffering, our weakness, into a strength for others. I'll give you a couple examples of what I mean here. The first one is Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln suffered for most of his life from depression. At a very early age, Lincoln was diagnosed with depression. After he was elected to the presidency, he took his depression with him to the White House. Now, Lincoln spent many sleepless nights roaming the halls of the White House because of his depression. In fact, Lincoln would be terrified to stay or sit in a room all by himself. If he did, he would have this overwhelming feeling of the room filling up with the blood of all the dead soldiers of the Civil War because he felt directly responsible for the war. Now, as depression intensified, when his young son, Willie, died at the age of 10 from typhoid fever, Lincoln nearly every night would sneak out of the White House and go visit the gravesite of young Willie. In fact, it intensified to such a degree that Lincoln had Willie's grave dug up, exhumed, so that he could see his face just one last time. Now, biographers would argue that Lincoln's suffering of his depression didn't get the best of him. No, just the opposite. Because he suffered greatly from his depression, that made him a great president. Why? Because in that suffering, Lincoln was able to enter into the suffering of a nation that was torn apart by civil war. He was able to feel with great compassion the suffering of a country that was in dire need of healing. More to it, because he lost young Willie, he was now able to identify himself, to enter into the suffering of all the families that lost loved ones. And there were many. There were thousands of families that lost a son, a brother, an uncle, a father, a grandfather in the war. And see, Lincoln was able to identify with their suffering because of his loss of his son Willie. It is precisely in Lincoln's suffering from depression and the loss of a son that made him enter into, stand in solidarity with the suffering of a nation and thousands of families. Consequently, that's what made Lincoln a great president and leader. Deep down, Lincoln felt that pain of a nation and inspired him to begin the work of healing. At the end of the Civil War, when Lincoln's political party wanted to extract vengeance and punishment on the southern states, Lincoln would have nothing of it. His motto after the war, malice towards no one, charity towards all. See, Lincoln did exactly what I think Paul is trying to teach us. He took his weakness and he turned it into strength. Through God's grace, Lincoln took his weakness, his depression, his loss of his son, and he turned it into strength by entering into the suffering of a nation and many, many thousands of families and begin the work of healing. And I think that is what Paul is getting at in the readings for this weekend. I'll give you another example of this. Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa 
If you read her biographies, many of them were written based upon her own personal diaries. Now, Mother Teresa, too, suffered. She suffered from the doubt of whether or not God truly loved her. And she struggled with this immensely for decades, 30, even 40 years of her ministry. She doubted whether God truly loved her and whether or not she was going to be saved at the end of her life. But like Lincoln, she did not allow that suffering to get the best of her. No. Like Lincoln, she allowed that suffering, you could say, to become the vehicle that helped her enter into the suffering of those people that she ministered to those people that felt furthest away from God because of their extreme poverty. Mother Teresa and her order, they helped the hungry and the homeless and the dying in the worst slums of this world. She helped those people who probably felt, you know, and doubted the love of God in their life due to their extreme poverty. Well, now she was able to stand in solidarity with them. She felt exactly what they felt. She thought exactly what they were thinking. In fact, one could argue, if Mother Teresa had not first experienced that suffering, how could she have any empathy or sympathy for the people that she ministered to? And see, that was precisely what made her a great saint. Because she suffered from that doubt, she was able to enter into the suffering of those people that doubted themselves the love of God in their lives. You know, often and many times than not, our suffering, whatever it may be, may just help us to identify with others in this world so that through God's grace, we can turn our suffering, our weakness into strength, not just for ourselves, but for other people. And I think that's what lies at the heart of Paul's message for this weekend. Go back to that passage Paul says that he begged the Lord three times that the suffering would be removed from him. He begged again and again and again. So obviously, we can assume this is no small problem. This is something significant. And so Paul begs. You know, how often have we done that in our life? We've gotten to the breaking point, you could say, and we've begged the Lord, please take this away from me. Please, just take a little bit away so that I can endure it. And so we beg. What does God do? Well, he gives us the grace. The grace not just to endure, but to persevere. As Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. For in weakness, power reaches perfection. Well, that is so true. Again, look at the examples. Lincoln, he became a great compassionate leader and president because through his own personal suffering, he identified with the suffering of a nation and thousands of families. Mother Teresa, she became a great saint because she stood in solidarity with those people that felt furthest away from God's love. Look at Paul, the greatest of all the apostles, because he entered into the suffering of a church that was terribly persecuted in the first century. Well, so too with us. My grace is sufficient for you, so that in weakness, power reaches perfection. Well, in the midst of our suffering, we reach out to God, just like Paul did, and we receive God's grace. And it is precisely in that suffering that we identify ourselves with others. 
we enter into their suffering and stand in solidarity with them. And then in our weakness, we are strong. We become strong, not just for ourselves, but for others, because we know what they are thinking. We felt what they are feeling. And in doing so, now we become a symbol of strength for those people to continue on and persevere themselves. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.